It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Reds should have a busy week ahead. I'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome in. You are Locked On Reds and my name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction to this team and to information for you. Just how addicted am I? Well, I'm getting over COVID and here I am talking about the Cincinnati Reds with you on a podcast and you're getting to see me if you're on YouTube. Thank you so much. If this is your first time, make sure you hop down into our comments section. Let us know. Always have a lot of fun talking Reds with you. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, thank you as well. Make sure that you're subscribed. That way you don't miss anything we've got coming for you because we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every single day all throughout the offseason, as we lead up to pitchers and catchers reporting, as we go through what are the winter meetings this week. It is a busy week for the Cincinnati Reds because of the winter meetings. We'll look at why, and I'll look at what news you can expect. And then later on in today's show, we're going to talk about Reds Fest. I wasn't able to be there because I'm doing all, getting all this getting over all this COVID stuff, but I heard the news about it and I have a YouTube question about Reds Fest that I want to address. That's going to come up a little bit later on in today's show. Before we jump into everything, I want to let you know, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started today. And where we will get started today is with the winter meetings. By the way, thank you so much if you're checking out today's show. I'm a little under the weather, if you can't tell. This is not my normal voice, a little bit congested, so normally don't sound this goofy. It's usually more goofy. But uh, we're going to talk about this awesome week coming up because the Reds have a lot on their plate. Nick Crawl's done a fantastic job to put the Reds in a good position to improve this roster in the best environment to do so, the winter meetings are basically set up for teams who want to be active during the offseason to be active this week. And it's not a typical position that the Reds are in. How many times do we talk about, oh, the Reds could do this, or they could go after this guy, they could maybe trade for this guy, maybe sign that guy. But most of the time, that's not the case. This year it is. This year, they've already made two moves. They've signed a relief pitcher in Emilio Pagan. Emilio! I got to do that almost every time I think of that guy's name. And then they signed Nick Martinez, who could be a bullpen guy, could be a rotation guy. Just depends on how everything shakes out. He's going to get a uh, every opportunity to be part of the rotation out of training camp. Uh, but they've made two moves already to bolster this pitching staff. More needs to be done. Nick Martinez and Emilio Pagan should not preclude them from making more moves. And I do believe they will make more moves. But there's a reason for that, because the winter meetings are four days of just super-packed baseball events. 
every December, basically everyone involved in the operations of a baseball team and some players and in different minor league uh, people, minor league operations people who are looking for jobs also show up to the winter meetings as well. But it is very busy because it's one city, really one hotel that everyone is in. Now, they picked the Opryland Hotel in Nashville. It's a perfect reason why they did that. The Opryland Hotel in Nashville is massive. If you've never been to Nashville, if you've never seen the Opryland Hotel, it's like five hotels. Like, for for those of you that are local to Cincinnati, think of the Great Wolf Lodge. Now, multiply that by like five, and then you're going to be close to how big the Opryland Hotel is. It's huge. But it's one building that all these guys... I mean, we're talking about front office executives. We're talking about owners. We're talking about agents. We're talking about some players, not all players. Most of the players let their agents handle the winter meetings, but some players are there at the winter meetings. And it's all about making deals, whether it be a free agent deal, trade deal, whatever it is. That is the primary focus. Now there's plenty of logistical things that go on at the winter meetings, different you know, let's talk about this competition thing. Let's let's do this. I mean, you've got the draft lottery that's going to happen on Tuesday. You've got the Rule 5 draft that happens on Wednesday. But the overall big picture is let's make some moves. And that is why we always have this week circled, but especially this offseason, we've had this week circled saying, look out, Reds are about to do some stuff this week. Now, kind of looking at the logistical stuff, just for a moment, because the draft lottery, like I mentioned, that's going to happen on Tuesday. Just in case you didn't know, the Reds actually have a chance to land the number one overall pick. It is 0.9% of a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. But uh, yeah, 0.9% of the chance the Reds could land the number one overall pick. The A's have the best chance at it. Then you have a couple of other teams like the Rockies and um, Nationals and all that right behind them. And then on Wednesday, you have the Rule 5 draft. I don't expect the Reds to take anyone here because the deal with the Rule 5 draft is you're picking a prospect off of another team that is not on another team's 40-man roster. You pick that prospect, and then you have to add him not only to your 40-man, but to your active 26-man roster, and he has to stay there all year long. That's why the Rule 5 draft, you don't normally see the Reds make a lot of moves here. I mean, you can think of a couple of guys in in the past. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of uh, Jared Burton that the Reds had. He was actually pretty good. It was a Rule 5 pick. I mean, you got to go, geez, is that, that's like back in 2010, 2011, something like that. Maybe even before that, maybe 2009. Um, but it's it's few and far between that the Reds make a Rule 5 draft selection and keep that guy. Plus, when you make that draft selection, you have to pay $100,000 for that player. And then if you don't keep him on your active roster, you have to offer him back to the team you picked him from for fifty k. So it's a $50,000 gamble if you don't keep the guy. The Reds don't have any space for a prove-it prospect type player. They're not making any moves here at the Rule 5 draft. The only thing that I look at here, Tyler Callahan, who is a name that some may know. If you go to a lot of Dayton Dragons games, you will remember Tyler Callahan. Uh, But he was kind of a prospect a few years ago. He's kind of fallen down the list here recently. He was not protected uh, on the 40-man roster, so he is available. He might get picked by another team. 
But outside of that, there's not really a lot of Reds players, Reds prospects that you will know who are subjugated to this draft. So I don't look for a lot of Reds news related to the Rule 5 draft on Wednesday. All of the Reds news that is going to happen during the winter meetings is going to be about who they get because they're going to be busy. They're going to be busy. And I think there might be multiple moves that the Reds make here at the rule f- or at the at the winter meetings. If not to complete the move, they will get it started. Or at least get it close to being completed. Now there's and and logistically, as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, there may be some rumors of expansion. I don't think they're going to get very far though, because the the whole Oakland A's, Las Vegas A's thing is still such a mess. I saw, I think it was a, a Yahoo article that said that now that the A's thing is done, it's not done. If you check out our friend Wayne over at Locked On A's, you will know this is very far from done. There's there's lots that still needs to be done there for for the A's to move to Vegas. There's still a very real chance that Vegas may never happen for the A's. So, yeah, for more on that, check out Locked On A's. Um, our, our friend Wayne Coy over there has a, has a great grasp on that, but... I mean, all of this is all kind of secondary to the point of the winter meetings, and that is front office executives, you know, general managers, assistant general managers, scouting directors, uh, developmental directors, everybody. Everybody's in Nashville. Owners are in Nashville. Agents are in Nashville. Moves are going to be made, and the Reds are going to be making some moves. So what do those moves look like? What will the improvements be? I'll tell you about that coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. There is no better time to join into FanDuel than right now. If you have not done so, highly recommend you do. First of all, they've got an easy-to-use app that basically whatever sport, whatever sporting event you want to wager on, easy as pie. So easy to go into FanDuel and make your next wager. And they've got all these amazing promos, including for brand-new uh, players right now, if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, your first winning Moneyline bet of $5 will net you $150 in bonus bets back on top of your winnings from your $5 Moneyline bet. It's that easy. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, I highly recommend it. Like I said, there, there's so many different things. I mean, it's so easy to find what you want to wager on. They've got the money lines. They've got uh, over-unders. They've got... Uh, point spreads, player props, the, the same game parlays are really a great way to enjoy any sporting event. If, if you're, you just flip on the television, you see a game on and you're just like, let's, let's see what FanDuel's got on this. It's a great way to kind of enjoy that game even more, or you can look ahead. You don't have to always, you know, take the, the nightly games. You can check out some future bets. They've got a great future right now on who will lead the major leagues in stolen bases this season. And guess what? Ellie is fourth, fourth in the major leagues as far as FanDuel has for odds to lead the major leagues in stolen bases. Now, Ronald Acuna, who just did that, is is favored to do it again. Ellie's fourth. His odds are at 12 to 1. I say maybe throw a few bones on it. I mean, that payout's only going to get smaller because he's going to steal second, third, and home on opening day, and everybody's going to be like, oh, my gosh, he's going to lead. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on him for opening day already, but he's going to steal a lot of bases, and FanDuel knows it. That's why they've got him the fourth best odds to lead 
the majors and stolen bases. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get started making some cash on your sports knowledge today. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and they're also the official sports book of Locked On. Locked On has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast, thanks so much for making us your first listen every day, by the way, because we're free and available on all platforms. And for our everydayers coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast, let's reset this roster. After adding a couple of pitchers and maybe another move or two, let's see what happens this week. Uh, what does the best 26-man Reds team look like right now? We'll discuss that on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. And, and Steve will be back with me. His work schedule just didn't quite line up for us to do today's podcast together, but he'll be back tomorrow. All right, so let's look at what the Reds are going to do. They're going to be busy this week, but just how busy improving this team? Well, I'll tell you first and foremost, one thing that they won't be doing, there will not be a return of Trevor Bauer. I've seen it a lot in the comments section, and I've seen a lot of folks asking about it. Nick Crawl put it to bed. There was a quote in an Enquirer article here recently by Gordon Wintmire, a quote directly from Nick Crawl, where he said, I don't see that as an option. So there you go. It's not happening. You can keep commenting about bring back Trevor Bauer, but it's going to the void. In fact, I saw on Twitter, somebody had shared this video from a Reds caravan stop last offseason. Uh, that Nick Crawl was on, and a fan asked him, would they bring back Trevor Bauer? Now, he asked it in a lot more words than that, uh, a former Red Cy Young Award winner who is available. But he basically asked, would the Reds bring back Trevor Bauer last offseason? And uh, Nick Crawl said, no, that's not something that we have considered. It's two offseasons in a row. Nick Crawl has come out and said. Nick Crawl does not say very much. Like, he was asked what they are looking to do this winter meetings. Is there a trade imminent? Is there a signing imminent? What's coming up next? And he said, I don't know. We'll see what happens when it comes down. But he's keeping things close to the chest. He's not keeping it close to the chest. What the Reds think about Trevor Bauer. They don't see him as an option. He's not coming back, but I'll tell you what they will do. They're going to trade for Shane Bieber. And I find this interesting. And, 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 I always preface this by saying I understand that BaseballTradeValues.com is not the end-all, be-all. It is the beginning of wisdom, not the end. Shout out Spock. But when you look at this trade, this makes so much more sense to me than I even thought possible. Shane Bieber, according to BaseballTradeValues.com, is extremely gettable. They have his value, and this is in, in, in millions, 5.6 5.6 million is his value. And according to baseball trade, I put together a trade that actually the Reds give up a little bit more here in this trade, just about 500,000 more. We trade Ty Floyd, who is a competitive balance round a pick for the Reds. He's a starting pitcher that the Reds picked last year. And Ariel Elmonte, who is an outfielder in the Reds minor leagues for Shane Bieber. Oh my gosh, do that now. 
I don't know that that's as easy as the trade would look, but if this is as easy as the trade should look, then do the trade. I know that there's like optimism about what Ty Floyd could be. And I know that there's been a little bit of regression in what Shane Bieber has been. But this trade makes way too much sense for me. So even seeing this, and again, knowing baseball trade values is the beginning of wisdom. If that is the the jumping off point for this trade, that means that it's not going to get more crazy than that. It's not really going to get like, like, according to baseball trade values, if the Reds traded Jonathan India for Shane Bieber, they would be getting hosed so bad that they would literally be paying two and a half times the value of Shane Bieber in a trade. We said earlier this offseason that we don't see a scenario where Jonathan India for a starting pitcher straight up would work. According to that model, the Reds would be overpaying by a lot if they traded Jonathan India for Shane Bieber. So if that is where the value is, and because probably because of the injuries he dealt with last year, relative to the $12.5 million that he's making this year, they're probably thinking, okay, that's probably not the best look like right now. He's probably not the highest point of his trade value. If that's the case, go get him. Go get him right now. Because you added Nick Martinez, who is going to be lots and lots of insurance for both your bullpen and your rotation. But he does not preclude you from adding that top flight dude. Because we know who Shane Bieber is. A Cy Young Award winner. And if he can get back to that, while the Reds also have Hunter Green improving, Nicola Dolo coming back and improving, Graham Ashcraft, Brandon Williamson, Andrew Abbott, all these guys... You, you create an environment for the Reds' young pitching core that they don't have to be good right now. They can be good. They don't have to be great right now. They don't have to anchor a playoff race right now. Shane Bieber can do that. Go get him right now, especially if that's the trade. If you can trade a draft pick from last year and and a minor league outfielder that's probably got a decent future but nothing that anyone's going to go crazy over, do it right now. And then I think that the Reds will sign a right-handed platoon outfielder. We talked about this the other day, Steve and I did. Would Would you sign a platoon outfielder or an everyday outfielder? And we both came to the conclusion that if we had our choice, we'd sign the everyday outfielder, who is Teoscar Hernandez. That would be amazing. But as one commenter on the live show so adeptly pointed out, there's literally nothing that links the Reds to Teoscar Hernandez. There's no rumors whatsoever. Now, granted, very few position players have done any movement at all. The highest deal, the the most expensive deal for a position player right now is Jason Hayward going back to the Dodgers for $9 million. It's all been about pitching, not just for the Reds, but for the league. Position players haven't really done much moving yet. But I think that based on the movements that the Reds have made and based on them going and getting an ace pitcher like Shane Bieber, I think they will look at the need in the outfield as something that they can do with a platoon. And I'm looking at either Adam Duvall or Michael A. Taylor. I've talked about Michael A. Taylor before. Michael A. Taylor is a defensive guy who can hit lefties well. He just doesn't hit righties very well at all. So you really do play him in a straight platoon. 
probably a straight platoon with Will Benson or or Jake Fraley or something like that. Plus, he can play center field. So maybe you move TJ over to right or left or however you want to do that. And then you've got a dude who can play a bona fide center field. Former Gold Glove, winner, Gold Glove Award winner. Easy for me to say. But they could also be a little bit more offensively focused, more, more focused on the bat and sign Adam Duvall, who we know can mash in Great American Ballpark. He can mash anywhere. He's shown that. Ever since he's left the Reds, he's mashed. So when he comes back, he's going mash. So I could see them being, you know, making a decision one way or the other. I don't necessarily know. And again, this is what I think is going to happen. We've talked about on episodes past what we want to happen. This is what I think the Reds will do during the winter meetings. I think they're going to go for a platoon right-handed outfielder. The question will be, do they, do they focus more on run scoring or run preventing? Because if you want run scoring, you get Adam Duvall. If you want run preventing, you get Michael A. Taylor. And then, just for kicks, with the draft lottery happening on Tuesday, I, th- I bet the Reds get the 12th pick. As fun as it would be to say that they get the number one overall pick, 0.9%, probably not going to be the case. I don't think they get a top 10 pick. Uh, just don't see the luck going their way. They actually had a really good chance to get the number one pick last year and ended up not even getting in the top three. So I just I see them getting like 12th. I, th- I think that's how that's going to fall for them. But they're going to be busy. There's going to be moves made. I think this time next week, we are going to be looking at the shopping list that we created for Nick Crawl at the beginning of this offseason, and we're going to be going, look at that. Nick Crawl came back from the store with just about everything really fast. Don't have to send him back for nothing. Don't have to, you know, put in an Instacart order or anything like that. And I, I, I really think Nick Crawl gets it. I really think he understands where this team is. And I think that's why they're going to be busy this week and they're going to get Shane Bieber, and they're going to get a platoon right-handed outfielder. All right, uh, coming up next, I got an interesting question about Reds Fest that has to do with its mysterious future. We'll discuss that next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Before we do that, I want to let you know, you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. By the way, haven't shouted it out yet this episode, but uh, also check out InsideTheReds.com, Sports Illustrated's new Cincinnati Reds website. Make sure you bookmark it. I'm writing there. Steve's writing there. Uh, James Rapine, host of Lockdown Bengals, uh, co-host of Lockdown Bengals with Jake Lisko. Uh, but James is actually writing there as well with me. A couple of great folks from iHeartRadio and uh, Adi Elmore and Ricky Chino. A lot of great folks writing about the Reds at InsideTheReds.com. Go bookmark that today. All right, I want to kind of wrap up today's episode by looking at this because I, I was unable to make it out to Reds Fest this year, and it's not really something that um, I was happy about, you know, getting sick. Is one thing getting sick 
when the one weekend of the year you get to just go and find awesome red stuff and get to meet awesome reds fans and stuff. It, it, it sucked. All right. It sucked. But what sucked even more was this question that I got on our uh, live show. And I wanted to answer it today. It's from shadow Falcon 77, which by the way, pretty good username. Uh, can you guys give us tips on how to game the reds fest? The ins and outs. I went this year and it was a total rat race. Didn't know until I was there a few hours that the best signings were locked behind two day pass holder walls had to work. Uh, so it didn't work out for me. CES, Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, all in the exclusive line. No chance for us working folks. I felt like I was standing around waiting for names to be posted and then sprint to that line to find out it was full. Knowing that there won't be another one for a few years is a huge RIP what a letdown. Okay, so we got we got two things that we want to address here. And actually, I want to address the second thing first. Because what he is referring to, if you did not know, because I had to ask a few people about this because I wasn't there to, to know this, but Duke Energy Center is going to go under a 18-month renovation. So Duke Energy is not going to be open next year during what would be Reds Fest, first weekend in December. So with that, there is currently no location for the next Reds Fest. And I'm, I'm guessing, I didn't hear this, but I'm guessing that the announcement kind of with something like, you know, currently there are no plans. I got to believe that there will be plans. I mean, the Reds Community Fund does so well every year and so many things. And a huge reason for that is the money that they make through Reds Fest. Reds Fest at least to me, I don't know how you feel about Reds Fest, but to me, I market mentally. I don't really have a calendar that I circle, but I market on my calendar every year. Like it's, it's not the same as opening day, but in my mind, it's one of the things I mark. I mark opening day. I mark where Reds Fest will be. And I make sure that I make no other plans that mess that up. I didn't plan to be sick, but that messed it up, obviously. But I mark it every single year because I want to go every single year. There's no way that we come to next December and there's no Reds Fest. I've got to believe that the folks that plan Reds Fest are working diligently and creatively to come up with another solution. Whatever that might be. I don't know the infrastructure of Cincinnati well enough to say you should go here or you should go there. Those folks do. And they're going to figure it out. But I have, I have every faith that Reds Fest will happen next year. So I wanted to address that first. Because when I first read that, I'm like, there's no way. They're just not going to have Reds Fest. They're just canceling it. But I think right now, there's just no plans for it. They'll have those plans. I'm sure midway through the year, maybe coming into September, they'll announce it or something like that. They usually don't tell us about Reds Fest. They usually don't make an announcement about Reds Fest until toward the end of the season anyway. Like, it's not like we come into July knowing when Reds Fest is going to be. We just know it's going to be the first weekend in December at Duke Energy. But now, with Duke Energy not being available, that puts that up in the air. Gotta believe that they make it happen next year. Now, for the other part, and a pro tip about Reds Fest, and to be honest, and, and to, uh, to answer Shadow Falcon's point, if you're going for certain autographs, you do have to have a two-day pass. 
because the way that Reds Fest works, the biggest name players, Ellie, McLean, CES, the guys he was talking about, those guys have many obligations. The, the thing that sets, the thing that differentiates Reds Fest from a Comic-Con, when you go to a Comic-Con and you're like, I want to go to this celebrity and get this autograph, for the most part, you know that all you got to do is get into a really long line. Like if it's, a, if it's a crazy long line, like I heard about this past weekend, they had Galaxy Con in Columbus and the voice of Optimus Prime, Peter Cullen, he was there and his line was hours long. They can't do that at Red's Fest because Matt McLean is in this autograph line, but in like an hour or 45 minutes or whatever, he's going to be up on the main stage doing a thing. And then in two hours, he's going to be up in the kids room doing a thing. And then he's going to be over the wiffle ball courts doing a thing. There's so many different things that these guys are doing. So they can't just set in an autograph line. If you have specific players that you want, you need to A, get a two-day pass, which is only $10 more than a one-day pass. And I and I understand if work and stuff like that kind of gets in the way. That's, that's you know, most normal people, that's how that goes. But... If you're chasing autographs, I'm telling you how to do it. You got to get a two-day pass, and you got to know that the guy that you want is either going to be behind a two-day pass or even sometimes they do a lottery. The last year that Joey Votto was at Reds Fest, you had to put your name in a lottery to get into his autograph line, and he had like a special room up on the second floor that they did an autograph for that. Um, But for the most part, plan on that player only having one autograph opportunity per day. It's, it's rare. Maybe there's, maybe they have two, but as, as much as we want those players to be available the entire time for autographs, there's just so much other things that they're doing. The Reds are one of the best teams in major league baseball at marketing to their younger audience. Reds heads, kids club, and I forget what the other one is called, uh, but is is such a fantastic thing that they do every single year. And they put a lot into that. And one of the things that they do is that they expose young Reds fans to their stars and they make them accessible and they, and they, they, they put them there for them to meet and to, to, you know, to hang out with and, and get to know. And that's how you, that's how you really create a young fan into a lifelong fan. But with all of that, that means that their availability for autograph lines is not as much as they would like. So the hardest part and the pro tip about that is you got to get a two-day pass. Because going there for one day and expecting to get... And then the other part of this is it's probably got to be a multi-year plan as far as if you have multiple of these guys. Because there's a very good chance that the same time that Matt McClain is signing an autograph, CES will be signing an autograph or Ellie will be signing an autograph. And then if you want to get pictures with people, that's a whole nother thing too. But the hardest part about Reds Fest is expecting to go in and getting every autograph. I only expect to maybe get one. And sometimes I don't really even try. I I know that there are folks that try really hard and do really well. I'm not one of them. But I'm telling you, the best way to do that is just how I said: two-day pass, and and you kind of got to you kind of got a game plan for it. It's it's a little bit rough, but Red's Fest is an amazing place to 
get to meet people. Honestly, the best the best people to seek out at Reds Fest is like the broadcasting crew. They are so available and they're so very ready to talk to everybody during this time. Um, you know, radio radio folks and stuff like that from around town who talk about the Reds. Uh, and, and you'll get to meet players. It's it's just, are you going to get that, you know, that one sign? Like, I have never gone to Reds Fest expecting to get Joey Votto's autograph. It's just, it's, it's really hard, man. It's just really hard. And as much as that answer probably is not the, the funnest answer, that's my honest pro tip next year when I think that they will have Reds Fest. They're going to figure this out. Um, but that's my pro tip for that. My, my, my really pro tip for Reds Fest is that is where you get your red stuff. That's where you get your hats. That's where you get your shirts. That's where you get your jerseys, your, your game use memorabilia, all that stuff. That's the best place to get them, man. That's where I, uh, and that's why this year I got to get creative because usually I get my stuff at Reds Fest and I didn't get to go this year. So it'll be interesting but anyway that's how i wanted in today's podcast thank you all so much for checking it out today and bearing with me as, I, as i'm recovering hopefully tomorrow or at least hopefully by wednesday my voice will be cleared up and i won't sound all but uh steve will be back with me so at least he'll have to bear with it too <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow thank you so much for checking out today's lockdown reds and on tomorrow's podcast when steve returns we're going to be resetting the roster what do we think the best six, 26 man roster for the Reds looks like this year as of right now that's what we're talking about on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds so remember that we will be Lockdown Reds every single day Hey Prime members you can listen to this Lockdown podcast at Free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.